It was freezing cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I outran a cold front when I gave my truck the reins. Barreling down I-35 with one thought on my mind. Forget the race, find an open space, be that... Hey there and howdy! Thanks for tuning in and as always, thanks for telling your friends you hang out right here, over here. Way out yonder, on the other side of Texas, I'm your host, Jay West Texas Leeson, from the Racer Car Wash Studios. Racer Car Wash voted Lubbock's best wash for five years running. Stop into one of five convenient locations across the Hub City for the best wash around. Guaranteed, racerwash.com. What a great program we have for you coming up. We have... In about 10 minutes from now, you've probably seen the story. It's gone national. Gavin Clarkson was stopped in his tracks when applying for a marriage license after the clerk refused to take his driver's license from New Mexico as proof of identification. Dr. Gavin Clarkson then had to prove that New Mexico is a state. About 10 minutes from now, also want to get into some stories about sanctuary cities in Texas, but want to start right at the story of the day. Oh, and also a little uh, coaching search follow-up, uh, some Rager Dykes follow-up, and uh, how about those Cowboys? But want to start at the big story, and what a stunning day it is right now outside in Lubbock, Texas right where the great Chihuahuan Desert and the great American Prairie meets. Some say that that's a place where volatile weather can commence, but I call it beautiful. Cotton, all the cotton fields. In the world's biggest cotton patch, all that cotton picked and just bare dirt above the surface and you combine that with 30 to 40 mile per hour sustained winds gusts up to 60 miles an hour and it turns the skies a gorgeous taupe a burnt umber and there's only one place in the world where that happens and it's right here on the cap rock over here on the other side how lucky are we to experience the force in nature to bring the taupe burn umber skies the, the, the plains are alive with howling you know it makes days like today in all seriousness I, I think back to reading C.S. Gwynn's um, Empire of the Summer Moon and he chronicles when some cavalrymen were dispatched uh, to the plains and one, well, I don't know how much time I really want to spend on this, but uh, General Sherman sent out for us um, some men, and they were white men, and they were led by Randall McKenzie, and this is where I'll quote, the white men were grunts, blue coats, cavalry, and dragoons, mostly veterans of the wars between the states, 
found themselves at the edge of the known universe on the the razor's edge of civilization ascending the turreted rock towers that gated the fabled Llano Estacado Coronado's term for it meaning palisaded plains of West Texas a country populated exclusively by the most hostile Indians on the continent where a few where few U.S. soldiers had ever gone the Llano was a piece of extreme desolation desolation sorry a vast trackless and featureless ocean of grass where white men became lost and disoriented and died of thirst a place where the imperial spanish had once marched confidently forth to hunt comanches only to find that they themselves were the hunted the ones to be slaughtered that's what i think about on these gorgeous taupe and burnt umber days i don't know about you but there's only one place where this happens and it's right here but it does make me think a little bit about <clears throat> i've had lots of conversations over the past couple of days with folks on a range of topics but this theme has come up and up again i think that by and large lots of us look at living up on the cap rock and look north of the panhandle and down in the permian basin and say hey we're all brethren and even into the hill country towards down towards the hill country and into the big country with abilene uh, perhaps wichita falls and say hey uh we're all in this together politically we're all in this together but what makes lubbock different than amarillo and midland and i would say one word oil and in lubbock there is a the reason I open and I say, what a beautiful day. Of course, it's not stunning. Of course, it's not beautiful. It's jarring, if we're being honest. But it speaks to the heritage of a place that Lubbock is not oil. Lubbock is farming. And in farming, you take what you're given and you make the best of it. Uh, cotton farmers, the farmers in the region around the lubbock area there are no lemons but if there were lemons we would take them and make lemonade and that's what we do and just getting by is good enough lots of times and i think that that has some sociology sociological input into political thinking a lot of times it's kind of a survival mentality that a lot of places don't know and i don't want to lose it and I'm not critiquing it. I'm saying that that's the reality of things. You know, C.S. Gwynn has been on this show before. Sam Gwynn, the author of Empire of the Summer Moon, and said that he talks with people in New York who are like, those Texans, they don't want to do much about health care. They want to do much about government improvements. And it's because we live in a place where we fought Santa Ana, and then we went into a Dust Bowl, a Great Depression, a World War II, and it's been one struggle after another. And that's that's the heritage, and that's what's in our bones. But at the same time, I think that we can want more, and I certainly, if you listen to this program, I demand more of the Republican Party of Texas that we look out for other sides of Texas. Um, we do the looking out lots of times so far as the food and fiber and certainly 
that the Republican Party survived 2018. And uh, listen, whenever it comes to our schools and it comes to transportation or infrastructure, we deserve a little bit more. But what a great, beautiful, stunning, burnt umber taupe day here on the plains. Great to be with you. We're going to get our friend Dr. Gavin Clarkson in after the break. Stick right where you are and must listen to story. Prove you're from New Mexico. Prove New Mexico's a state. Be right back here on the other Cross side. That old red river. This is what I saw. Expecting Dr. Gavin Clarkson at any time. Let me read the story. Gavin Clarkson was stopped in his tracks when applying for a marriage. I'm not going to tell you the story. I'm going to let him tell you the story. That's what I'm going to do. Not going to read the news article. Why read the news article when you got the bona fide coming on the show with you? I will say somebody who I want on this program. Last night, it was made official. The new Texas Tech head football coach would be Matt Wells. Is Matt Wells uh, pending board approval? which is something we'll get into in the next segment, the board approval, the board of regents approval. But he's bringing with him his offensive coordinator, David Yost. And I'm going to tell you right now, get to know that name, because David Yost is going to be a rock star in Lubbock, Texas. And I want a week-to-week check-in on David Yost and his immersion in Lubbock and his perspectives, because I've already... I mean, I'm already uh, good friends with David Yost in my mind. I hope that that comes to fruition. But right now, we're glad to have Dr. Gavin Clarkson on the program. He's gone viral across the nation. Dr. Clarkson, thanks for making time to come on the other side of Texas. Hey, no worries, no worries. I'll, I'll, do, I'll, I'll try and do my best West Texan impression. So what's the difference? Because you live where? I live in Las Cruces, New Mexico. So what's what's the difference between a New Mexican impression and a West Texan impression? Well, I, actually, it, it's interesting. Most of I, most of eastern New Mexico and the oil patch is functionally indistinguishable between West Texas. Okay. Uh, it, I mean, it's basically you know the the, the only difference is that Texas is a, is, a, is a better business climate. Okay. So so we've got and unfortunately with this last election we're probably going to have a lot more companies packing up out of texas and relocating back to or packing up out of new mexico and heading back to texas i hope that's not the case but uh no. well i thought you were going to tell me something about like dialect or draw oh no 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 no, no it, it, it you literally uh, the joke was you know because i'm uh I, I i spent a lot of time in in eastern new mexico during this last campaign and everybody says oh you speak west texan just fine yeah which is which is it which is sort of the same thing that the, they told me in the dc marriage bureau uh, they complimented me on my English, even though I was from a foreign country, according yeah, to them. So let's get in. I was about to read the story, but I decided to hold off. So, Dr. Gavin Clarkson, you go into... So why are you in D.C., first of all, applying well, the, the, for a marriage license? Well, my, my, my fiancé works in D.C., and the priest that she wanted to, to use for the blessing is based there in D.C., and so... Um, and our our fam uh, we have family in Houston and uh, but my her like her grandmother's ninety seven so she couldn't make the trip so we wanted to get married on her birthday and she was so we were going to be in D C on the on the twentieth and so we walk into the marriage bureau on November twentieth um, on November twentieth okay. and you and know she's I, we've from got where 
again? Uh, she's from Argentina originally. She's okay. a, she's a, she's a naturalized U.S. citizen. She emigrated. Took her about fourteen years to get her citizenship because she followed the rules. But that's a different story. <laughs> um, but she uh, so we but she works there in D.C. and so and I I was a former I, I was a deputy assistant secretary for policy and economic development in the Trump administration. So I, I was in I was in D.C. until I moved back to New Mexico to run for Congress when there was an open seat in District Two. Um, and so, but we were going up there, walked in the marriage bureau, handed the, the, the clerk my New Mexico driver's license, and she gives me this strange look. And, you know, she says, I'll be back. And then she walks the back. About 10 minutes later, she comes back up and she says, you know, I'm, I, I'm sorry, my supervisor tells me we cannot accept a foreign driver's license. Do you have your New Mexico passport handy? <laughs> your New Mexico passport? Oh, oh, it gets better. It gets better. So, you know, we have this discussion about, no, New Mexico is the vacant lot between Texas and Arizona. It really is a state. You know, it's been a state for a while. Um, and, you know, we speak, you know, we speak English here. And she goes, oh, no, no, don't. Your English is fine. And my my wife, then, who's, a, who's an Argentinian immigrant, she still has an accent. She goes, no, wait a minute. I'm the immigrant. Why are you complimenting him on his English? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, but, so, so what so happens? So, well, it, then she goes back. Okay. And you know, checks with the supervisor again. Comes back ten minutes later, and you know, apparently they had to do a Google search to prove that New Mexico was a state. And so then they come back. She says, I, "You know, she's at that point very apologetic, very sheepish." She says, "Your driver's license will be just fine. Here's your here's your marriage so, license." But there had to have been people in line <laughs> behind you. They were laughing. I mean, they, we you know, it was a comedy routine. That everybody behind us in line was just laughing uncontrollably. Um. And, and the thing is, this happens all the time. It happens so much. There's actually a meme. It's called. It's called. One of our fifty is missing. Um, you know, unfortunately, we don't bother to teach geography in the public school systems too much anymore. And so, you know, we've had people. There, there are people that say that. Oh, well, you know, they're trying to order something, and people say, well, we don't ship internationally, and they go, no, it's New Mexico. It's this. No. I don't care how new it is. It's still Mexico. It's okay. So that. So I read the Las Cruces story on it, and it had this long. What is it? Missing one of the 50? How did you yeah, say? It, it's because one of our 50 is missing. One of our 50. So it was this long hyphenated, one of our 50 is missing. And I thought, well, that's complicated. But apparently that's a thing in New Mexico. Well, it, it, the people in New Mexico, it, it, I mean, people ask me if I have to go through customs when I fly out of, you know, when I, when I fly out of New Mexico. And they say, oh, that, that must be why you drive to El Paso to fly out. Hmm. So no, I do not. Flying out of the Albuquerque airport and I land in D.C. does not require me to go through customs. Wow! So they did. The, you didn't do the Google search yourself and hold up your phone. They did it. They did it for you. Uh, well, I, I was prepared to do that. I, I mean, part of this, you know, and all, all of your male listeners can appreciate this. You know, you know my uh, my fiance said she wanted to get married on her birthday, and as a guy and an absent-minded professor, I'm like jumping at the chance to only have one day that I need to remember. Um, so, you know, this way I will not forget that my wife's birthday and our anniversary are on the same day. And so we, I'm not going to leave the marriage bureau until I have a uh, marriage license in hand. So I was ready for all those things, but fortunately um, they went back and were able to do their own Google search. But, yeah, I was ready to go do all that. You know, what's intriguing to me as I listen to this is I want to rib the lady who didn't know that New Mexico was a state, but at the same time she could probably rib me that I didn't know that there was such a thing as a marriage bureau. Well, that's when you when you go to get when you go to get married, you have to get a license to get married. Yeah. 
and so that's that's what they, in D.C. That's where they issue them. Uh, I mean, you know, Texas has you know, you're, you're, usually it's your um, your your county uh, your your county office will, will yeah, issue we the marriage license. Yeah, just went down to the county. Yeah. So in, in D.C. it's just you know they, they don't they don't it's not a county it's just the District of Columbia and yeah. so it's the city government mm. running the marriage bureau. But uh, and, and and the poor lady, I felt bad for her. And you know, of course, the story has just exploded nationwide. I have done. I've done about 12, you're my 12th TV and radio interview today. I've done two of them in Spanish. Uh, but, you know, Telemundo and Univision were interested, so. Wow. So, tell me, did this all ignite from you putting it on Facebook? Or how did folks begin to learn about this? Yeah, apparently, I, I just, I thought it was a funny story. I mean, I'd heard about the, you know, everybody having their, you know, one of our 50 is missing experiences. And so it was the first time it had happened to me, and it happened in a government context, and it was kind of important that they actually knew that New Mexico was a state. Um, and so I just posted the funny story on Facebook, you know, so, you know, it, it, it was the day we were getting married, so it was sort of a cute joke, you know, or, or a funny story about our, you know, about our, our, our day of getting married. And then we, we posted our – the other thing is that we posted our wedding video, and because of the, because of the funny story, our wedding video has gotten, hit, you know, gotten 2,000 hits. Wow. Wow. Well, part of it's I'm also a I'm also a competitive country western dancer. So when 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 my wife and I did a waltz, it was a it, it was it was a little bit more energetic. Oh, waltz than most so people. you think it's because of your moves, not because? Well, of the no, 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 no. Story. It's because of her moves. She's the okay. she's the pretty one. I you know I'm I'm just I'm just the prop you know, making her look. Wait, good. what is a competitive country western dancer? Well, the, I mean, just like you know, this is this might be more I, intriguing I was, than the other part. Go ahead. Well, I was the U.S. two step champion in 2012. Wow. What kind of trophy do you get? A trophy for that, or? Uh, yeah, I, I got a trophy. You know, I, I got you know, I, I got a got a jacket. I, you know, I got a plaque. You know, it, it's you know, and if I hadn't dislocated my shoulder, my shoulder, I would have won the world championships. But you know, they, you know, that's like sort of you know, talking about high school injuries. But wait, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah. You you dislocated your shoulder two stepping? No, no, I no, I dislocated oh. my shoulder racing my son on a three wheeler. Oh, okay, all right, <laughs> okay. So. Man, I, fl- I flipped a three wheeler over and dislocated my shoulder. That meant that I could I couldn't go to the world championship. Is there any other facts about yourself that you want to bring out as we get back to uh, New Mexico as a state or not? Well, <laughs> uh, I am I am I'm an enrolled tribal member, and it turns out it would have been quicker and Which easier tribe? if I showed. I'm enrolled with the Choctaw Nation. Okay, and it would have been quicker and easier if I showed the showed the the clerk my tribal ID. Apparently, then your um, New Mexico driver's license. Yes. Wow. My, Choc- my Choctaw tribal ID would have been more would have been more acceptable as a, as a, as an identification than my New Mexico driver's license. I would not I would not have had to produce a passport. Wow. What are you a doctorate in? Um, I, well, I I have a doctorate in technology and operations management. Um, I, I'm a business school professor. Um, I, I tell people I was the, I'm I was the first tribal member to ever get a doctorate at the Harvard Business School. But I also point out that I'm not a fancy elitist because as far as I know, I'm still the only doctoral graduate in the history of the Harvard Business School that's also placed in a livestock show, and my jacked-up four-by-four was extra muddy in the Harvard Business School parking lot to prove that I was not a Harvard man. And uh, that vacant lot, as you say, between Texas and Arizona. Yes, yes. So, but, and then, but um, you ran for Congress. I, I did, I did. So I, I was, I was the Deputy Assistant Secretary for Policy and Economic Development in the Trump administration. I, I stepped down at the end of the year to run for Congress. I, I didn't win, but I did, I did well enough that people were asking me to run again next, you know, next cycle in 2020. Um, 
and you know, it's 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 been it's been a very interesting education. And I, I so I'm, I'm commuting right now back and forth between New Mexico and and uh, and DC. And no, I don't have to go through customs every time. Um, some people actually ask me that too. Okay, so tell me this: what are some other one of one of our fifty is missing stories? Well, there was there was a guy who was trying to order some parts from an auto manufacturer, and uh, you know they they told him you know that they didn't ship internationally. He said, "No, it's New Mexico." Um, I had I actually had somebody else. Um, they were changing their driver's license. They had moved to Michigan from New Mexico, and uh, or I guess they were moving from Tennessee to to Michigan, um, and apparently they lost their citizenship because they rec- they they said, "Well, you were born in a foreign country," and they said, "What?" And because he was born in New Mexico. Hmm. And tell me, how did New Mexico get the name New Mexico? Uh, well, I, I I assume it used to be part of Mexico. No, and sure, then, sure. Then but... we then we had the uh, we we fought the Mexican uh, Revolution and we won, and so then all those chunks of Mexico became you know New Mexico, Arizona, California, um, after the 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 Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo, and then we purchased hmm. a little bit extra called the Gadsden Purchase down south. Um, so you know, it, it was the new. It, the United States called it the New Mexico Territory. Okay. So it was the New Mexico Territory uh, before it was. It became the state of New Mexico. But it be, it's been a state of New Mexico since 1912. So it would be the since 1912, huh? Yes. Wow. So the equivalent would be, uh, you know, Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski, or Tom Brady, or Julian Edelman putting up their Patriots logo to get married and I'm saying no that's not that's a foreign entity New England New England's a foreign entity (laughs) yes exactly or you know I mean people you know New Hampshire New York you know but but of course all the bi-coastal elitists on the coast know about New Hampshire and New York and New Jersey they just think New Mexico is you know they, they don't care how new it is they still think of it as Mexico yeah okay well intriguing story it's all over the internet you can check them out Gavin Clarkson on Twitter, it's Doctor Ga- Gavin Clarkson on Twitter, and uh, or just Google his name. You'll see all the stories come up, and you'll see the podcast tomorrow. All right, thanks so much. Well, I appreciate you making time, Doc. And hey, no, the- no worries. Hey, you know, next time we can talk about my 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 interactions with Elizabeth Warren when I was at the Harvard Law School. Okay, well, <laughs> that, that would be intriguing. Uh, but uh, the wedding went off; it went well, and, oh, and everything. Uh, uh, it, 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 it only it actually only delayed us by twenty minutes. So it, it, it you know for that twenty minute delay we've got a we've got a really funny story that apparently everybody on the internet thinks is really funny. So that was it was twenty minutes that you stood there. How, well, how, yeah, many, yeah, pe- so, how many people were behind you? Oh, there's probably about there's probably about maybe a, a couple dozen. Wow, so like a DMV situation. Yeah, no, no, no. This is you know. People want to get married. This is the place you go to get your marriage license in D.C. If you're going to get married anywhere in the district, and you know, and and they're all laughing. They're, they're laughing their butts off just because at least some of them know that New Mexico is a state. I mean, you know, there may have been some people who didn't. Some of them, um, yeah. Hmm. But it was it, it, again. It was one of those things where that that was the that was the morning that we were getting married, and it was about to all blow. And again, I wanted to make sure that you know that my 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 wife's birthday was our anniversary. That's what she wanted, and she had agreed to delay the wedding for the general election because you know I I ran for Congress, and I didn't win the primary. But then the state asked me to run for Secretary of State in the general election, 
So, you know, all of a sudden we had to ramp back up for, for a campaign, and so that meant, uh, you know, six months delay on the wedding. She's going, uh, you know, well, we're getting married on my birthday. Yeah. So, okay. so, we, and so we were successful. We got married on her birthday. Then we flew down. We actually flew down Thanksgiving Day, celebrated that with family in Houston, um, and then had a had our uh, family uh, family wedding luncheon on on the, on that Friday, and then we're gonna find, we'll do one more one more reception here in New Mexico, uh, and hopefully we won't have to have people go through customs when they fly to New Mexico. There you go. That's the last thing you want. Uh, one of our fifty is not missing, uh, Doctor Gavin Clarkson. Thank you for making time, buddy. Hey, thanks so much. Hey, thanks for having me on. Look forward to doing it again. Yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you, sir. All right, thank you. All right, all right, bye-bye. Wow. You thought I was lying. I wasn't lying. <laughs> New Mexico. I mean, I guess that's what it says about, let me riff for just a minute. In these forgotten parts of the country, and, of course, the show's called Other Side of Texas, but if you look at the electoral maps, if you go back to Texas 2018, the people who are still in power owe their power to other parts of Texas, other sides of Texas. If you go to the electoral map of the country, forgotten flyover places like New Mexico, West Texas, and North Texas, and South Texas, and and all through the Midwest, the people who are in power who who have who have chambers of power, whether that be the executive or the Senate or the House, owe that to rural parts of America and uh, I thought it was intriguing I think that uh, Dr. Clarkson fits in with the mold of the program and um, glad that he made time Uh, and I've got a lot more to say by the way on the chickens coming home to roost with especially the Republican in 20 years I'm still sitting here I'm going to be giving Democrats a hard time based on neglect of uh, where we live. Uh, For now, it's the Republicans, so I'm going to be bearing down on them because I'm raving on for the other sides of Texas. That's for daggum sure. Uh, About 90 seconds from now, I want to get into some follow-up on some emails we got based upon yesterday's show and uh, the Rager Dyke situation bring you the latest on that as well as some updates on the wells contract some concerns i stated yesterday wells the new texas tech head football coach and uh maybe some of that cowboys game as we close out the show and the leeson boys reaction is i got them up early early this morning we don't watch thursday night football we watch thursday night football on friday mornings at least we watch a lot of the second half yeah, a lot for that coming up right here. Stick right with us on the other side. You were sitting with a grin to the sound of hailstones hitting ten. It's loud enough, you gotta yell now. The whole thing hits me like a song. The pretty one won't last long. Go into uh, some mail that we got yesterday, but. Yeah, lots of applause for the mail. We certainly appreciate that. Um, Some of the uh, mail that we got yesterday, and let's queue up the mailbag with some questions about 
Rager Dykes and Rager Gate. What do you got? couple of notes here i'm i need to thank uh, our friends at anchor um anchor is where we host our podcast they think enough of the podcast that they want to start advertising on the podcast thank anchor also flipboard news you'll begin to hear more about flipboard news here on the program new sponsors new national sponsors we thank you for that uh what do you got uh what Former Lubbock Mayor Mark McDougal, Rick Dykes, and Finn Hewing. Finn Hewing is um, uh, operates auto dealerships in North Texas. What they may got is all the Rigger Dykes assets. And it's still... I want to correct something I said yesterday. Because I read it from a news story and I didn't do my due diligence. And I'm sorry. I apologize. I did not do due diligence. Should have checked it out myself. But I was reading from a news story yesterday, was emailed and asked to correct, and I vetted it, and they are correct. Ford has not outright rejected the $100 million offer from McDougal, Ewing, and Dykes. It's just that it's not been put formally up in court. And, you know, whether or not Ford accepts, we'll see. But until it's in writing and it's been proposed in writing, we'll see where that goes. Again, we appreciate Sarah Self Warbrick from joining into the program uh, yesterday to tell us the latest. And uh, the problem, the problem with doing a radio show is not the preparation; it's not putting forward the production, uh, the advertise, all the different facets of a radio program. That people are interested in the problem becomes after the show the after show as it were when your phone starts blowing up i heard this today and this needs and this just comes from a lot of different directions you know i heard this and i think this i heard this and you're right here or i heard this and you're wrong here and that becomes a lot of the motif and why in this program and i say i got to get home got to get home great family above average dinner because i get home i turn my phone off as i walk into the house and then i get on the phone later after we put the four little leasons to bed um but that's whenever i begin to get the emails and i begin to get the texts and i begin to get the calls and ford it's not it's not for sure now, something I will say is that there are reports that Bart Rager helped put together the still. I've not gotten any confirmation on that. I've not gotten any confirmation and on Bart Rager putting together the deal. And, you know, no pun intended, but far be it from Bart Rager to take credit for something that's not his. Do you see what I did there? My is right, mother... That's good. Um, I want to get into some close out the week stuff here and talk to you about 
Matt Wells' contract. I checked in on this yesterday and chimed in. And again, this is all after the show. My phone starts going off. And um, after I didn't take calls till after the Cowboys game, which means I stayed up till about 12 o'clock after the game, talking with various people. But on the Wells contract, I was sent this because the question is this. We can talk all day long about a new football coach, but has the contract been approved by the Board of Regents, the same Board of Regents who's been under a great deal of scrutiny in this very program? So has Wells' contract been signed off by the Board of Regents or not? Now, I'm going to read for you the Regents' rules, and then we can walk through it. So just focus with me. If you're mowing the yard, whatever you're doing, if you're listening to the podcast or you're just driving home, I just want you to focus for just a second because we need to go through some legal minutia in order to understand where we are with Matt Wells' project right now because or his contract because essentially what we have is Kirby Hocutt decided here's what the old guard wants a lot of the old guard wanted art brows a lot of the new guard wanted mike leach slash dana holgerson and what a move and you use whatever adjective you want before move for kirby hocutt to say i'm not taking the meeting the arranged meeting with dana holgerson in atlanta um bad move good move bold move super dumb move I mean, I don't know. It was just a move. I, I've said it on Twitter. I think it's a damn bold move. Uh, because that can go either way. It's what Regent rules say on, um, on the hiring of a new coach. The selection and appointment authority is delegated to the president of the university. That would be Lawrence Skubinek, though his name is not explicitly stated here. Prior to the president making a final decision, the president must solicit the input of the chancellor, Ted Mitchell, regarding the candidate or candidates under consideration. When the president has made a final decision, the president must give the board and the chancellor prior notice before any announcement is made. The board must approve an employment contract with a head coach if... And this is the if. Total compensation over the entire term of the contract exceeds $2 million, which I think we're in about a million and a half with Matt Wells. So it would exceed because it's for six years, which leads to the next clause. The term of the contract exceeds five years. And then an asterisk, what I was sent by Senior Director of Office uh communications and marketing texas tech university systems scott lacefield said the agreement is contingent on the approval of the board of regents at the upcoming regularly scheduled december meeting which i believe is on december 12 and 13 it may be 13 14 i just have a november map a november calendar in front of me right now so this is how this goes down I've spent some time and attention on it, not as a backer of either side, a hacker for each other's side, an SOB for either side, 
just as somebody who's got some connections, who's watching all this, Matt Wells's contract becomes the subject of scrutiny if, and listen, to be fair, I've given Rick Francis probably more than anybody on the face of the earth, I've given him more scrutiny than, than, than most anybody on the face of the earth. The former chairman of the board and did so because he was running it like an emperor well now tim lancaster who headed up hendrick hospital and in, in uh abilene a very good man by all accounts astute man but it seems to me maybe running things okay let me start over tim lancaster has signed off on behalf of the board on this on this hiring and i do not think it's realistic to expect that come uh come two weeks from now the board is going to back out on matt wells but i think there are profound questions to ask on if if the leverage on Rick Francis and Rick Francis stepping down was because of a lack of trans uh, that he wasn't transparent enough then what are we doing speaking on behalf of the board why wasn't the whole board brought in now there are special conditions in which the chairman can speak on behalf of the board when they believe there's something competitive but I'm excited about Wells I think you know we're going to keep our eight tickets at Texas Tech Games, and we're going to be in 120 hollering, okay? Just to play my cards, that's where we're going to be. But I think it's perfectly acceptable to ask why, why was, where was the conversation? Because it didn't seem very competitive. There weren't a lot of teams coming after Matt Wells. And that's not to speak disparagingly of Matt Wells, but was there not time for a conference call with an emergency board of the regents um, meeting? And I think that that's an acceptable question. And what I was given from Tech Administration Day was, well, it's kind of like the hiring of Stallings, the the women's basketball coach. Uh, we didn't want to get into a competitive situation and play our cards. Well, with all due respect to women across the globe, Cheryl Swoops, first in line. Women's basketball and men's college football are apples and oranges. And there were people who, quite frankly, didn't know what was going on. And I'm I'm not going to play Homer with you. I'm going to give you the whole story. And that's the story that, that I understand. And now it goes to December. I guess now the lawyerly lawyerly sorry about my draw lawyerly term is that uh, matt wells is a at will employee and just now turning in his paperwork but even as an at will it still runs risk and is my read on it is that not all the regents are on board and you know, I don't think it's going to upheave, but I think there are profound questions to ask in the meantime. You know who else is asking profound questions is uh, Ken Paxton. 
of San Antonio. Want to get in with a story on that as we close out this edition. Stick right with the Sanctuary Cities. San Antonio getting hit. And while it's the law of the land, the land has changed a little bit. Specifically in shade. Is it red or is it blue? And and uh, Kim Paxton launching a lawsuit against San Antonio. Get into that. And the Leeson boys getting er- up early on Friday morning for Thursday night football. Like they're watching soccer with some English team. I don't know anything about soccer, but apparently that's a thing to hit the pub early. That and a little bit more as we close out this edition. Stick right with us. Quickie break. Be right back. I wouldn't advise that you use them unless I did so myself. 806-744-7666. Think LubbockFileRoom.com. The Austin American Statesman. Headline. Kim Paxson sues San Antonio alleging sanctuary city law was violated. Chuck Lindell. Paxton sued San Antonio on Friday, alleging its police chief violated the state's quote-unquote sanctuary city law when he ordered 12 allegedly undocumented immigrants to be released after they were discovered in the back of a trailer almost one year ago. The lawsuit filed in state district court in Austin asked the judge to impose fines of more than $11 million dollars against San Antonio for violating Senate Bill 4, one of the most hotly contested laws to emerge in the 2017 session of the legislature. You're new to the program. Legislature meets every odd number year for 140 days. About to head into one in January. It was the first time Paxton sought to enforce SB 4, which requires police departments to cooperate with federal immigration authorities and allows law local police to investigate the immigration status of anyone they meet in routine encounters. A federal appeals court upheld the law in March. Quote, Unfortunately, some municipalities, such as San Antonio, put the safety of officers at the public risk by defying the state law. Paxton said the court should grant our requests for injunctions and civil penalties against San Antonio to send a message that all Texas cities must obey the law. A lawyer for San Antonio disputed Paxton's account of human smuggling on December 23, 2017 and said officials were, quote, fully confident, end quote, that city policies policies excuse me policies that sorry Abernathy Independent School District that city policies and police chief William McManus did not violate SB4 uh, SB4 lets the attorney general seek court ordered penalties of 1,500 plus an additional 25,500 per day for continuing violations of the state law. The lawsuit seeks 
$1,500 fines against McManus and the police department for events of December 23, 2017. Paxson's lawsuit also argued that San Antonio should be fined at least $25,000 for every day since a police department policy was adopted on September 1, 2017 that, quote, prohibits its officers from referring to immigration authorities unless the person has a federal deportation warrant. The policy improperly limits the ability of officers to, uh, sorry, to comply with federal immigration laws in violation with SB4, the lawsuit argues. So there you've got the Attorney General putting his foot down in the first time on sanctuary cities and uh, see where that goes. I just, my whole apprehension with sanctuary cities was in, and it's Charles Perry, a state senator out of Lubbock, who put that up. And you got to hope if you're Charles Perry that uh, the that the uh, Attorney General doesn't go look at dairy production counties in his district or doesn't go look at, you know, and I'm not making a claim that agricultural producers uh, are sanctuary cities, sanctuary rural metropolises, as it were, but uh, maybe he focuses on the big cities, which may be why Charles Perry put it up. But uh, no less, that's the case that stands before us. What stood before me this morning at 6 a.m. was whether or not to get up the boys. And went ahead up, and I got the boys up, the Leeson boys. And uh, they had their little jerseys on. They were ready to watch the conclusion of Thursday night football because they can't stay up past halftime when Thursday night football's on. And, boy, were they delighted. And the Cowboys... Listen, I think that the Cowboys are going to, this is my prediction, going to make the playoffs and lose their first playoff game. And that's not the Lubbock pessimist in me coming out. That's just what I see. But, man, has Drew Brees had a harder time of recent memory? I don't think so. And so the boys got to get up and watch a lot of the fourth quarter, how that thing came down. And I can tell you this, I'm in debt to the boys right now. At least they think in their own debt. I'm in debt to them for an Amari Cooper jersey and a what they say Vander Van 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 Vander Van Van that Van guy and they mean Vander Esch and they want the jersey. It's expensive being a Cowboys fan, uh, mentally, emotionally, and uh, financially. It's just expensive. What's not expensive is for you to pass this podcast along to your friends and to tell them that you hang out on the other side of Texas. We try to bring you the best content here, and that includes, as we close out, uh, for our friend Dr. Gavin Clarkson for coming on the show, a whole host of interviews throughout the week, and we'll continue to bring that to you right here. You can check us out at OSTX Show on Twitter, Other Side of Texas on Facebook, and other side of texas.com again we love you because you pass this along to your friends that's how we grow and that's how we continue to bring you the news views and issues that matter on the other sides of texas gonna get home gotta get home great family 
above average dinner because I'm sure it's takeout pizza tonight because it's it's a uh, it's movie night at the Lisa and Ponderosa. So that's what we're going to go do. I hope that you have the same to get home to or you're working on the same to get home to. Until next time, my friends, rave on, buddies, rave on. We'll see you next week right here on the other side of Texas. Rubber naked all the outlaws It's who we want